From uninterrupted, this is 17 Weeks, the show that gives you the real-time perspective of NFL stars living through the weekly grind of a season. I'm your host, Nate Burleson, and this is Week 6. We are joined by my three stellar co-hosts. First up, wide receiver Emmanuel Sanders of the New Orleans Saints. I'm in year 11 right now, and you know, sometimes I find myself like, man, I can retire and every Sunday I can wake up in the morning, just watch football all day, and hang out at my house and eat bluebell ice cream and get fat. And this Sunday kind of woke me up because I was able to do that, and I was like, dude, I wish I was out there playing. I was like, no, I'm not ready to retire yet, bro. Tied in Eric Ebron of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Our referees got to do better this year. They need to start finding the refs. <laughs> I mean, it's double standard. Shit, Goodell need to get penalized too for some of this stuff. Nah, let me stop. <laughs> Everybody get penalized. Shoot, they be taking our money. Everybody get their money too. And strong safety Jamal Adams of the Seattle Seahawks. Anybody, any day can, can get their ass kicked. <laughs> I'm going to tell you that right now, man. It's the league, bro. You better bring whatever you got. Trust me on that. Before we get to this episode, quick time out. 17 Weeks is brought to you by Uninterrupted and SiriusXM. New episodes drop every Thursday. You can listen on demand on SiriusXM and for free on the Pandora app. The show is also available on Apple Podcasts and other podcast platforms. Wherever you listen to it, be sure to subscribe, rate five stars, and share the show too while you're at it. Also, be sure to follow us on social media at 17 Weeks Pod for more content from our guys. All right, let's get to the episode. Week six, a number of major stars rose to the occasion. Looking for room to the end zone! Tennessee's Derrick Henry ran for 212 yards and caught two passes for 52 more in the Titans' overtime win over the Texans. And it's an open field straight ahead for the comeback and the touchdown, and it's Mika Fitzpatrick. In Pittsburgh, Big Ben led Eric and the rest of the Steelers to a route of the Browns setting up a must-see Week 7 matchup with the Titans in a battle of the AFC's two last unbeaten teams. Brady lofts it. Gronkowski! He's got it for the touchdown! Meanwhile in Tampa Bay, Tom Brady outdueled Aaron Rodgers in the Bucks' victory over the Packers. Jimmy G and the Niners bounced back, defeating the Rams in primetime. And Kyler Murray wrapped up the week by leading the Cardinals to a complete thumping of the Cowboys Monday night in Dallas. The Saints and Seahawks had bye weeks, so that means Emmanuel and Jamal had some well-deserved time to get away from football. So what do you think they did Sunday and Monday? Yes, sir, they watched football. Yeah, I did. Uh, I did. It was some good games. It was some real good games. That's what I. That's what I did enjoy. Like I. Like I'm in year eleven right now, and uh, you know sometimes I find myself like. Man, I can retire and every Sunday I can wake up in the morning and just watch football all day and hang out at my house and eat bluebell ice cream and get fat, right? And this Sunday kind of woke me up because I was able to do that and I was like, dude, I wish I was out there playing. I was like, no, I'm not ready to retire yet, bro. I'm not ready to retire because, like, I enjoy playing the game, right? And so uh, that was really good for me this Sunday to wake up and just watch football all day and really, like, understand that damn like I really I still got that passion I still love to do this Jamal caught the Cleveland Pittsburgh game as Eric and the Steelers rolled over the Browns 38-7 they are now 5-0 for the first time in 42 years Jamal identifies with Eric's journey and wanted to show him some love (laughs) yeah 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 
Yeah, I'm happy for Ebron, man, because, you know, we, you know, came from, you know, he came from his situation. I came from mine, obviously totally different. But, you know, now we're, you know, uh, on winning, winning teams and we're, we're winning a lot. And it's just a different feeling. It's a good feeling, though, man. Golly, it's a great feeling. It, it, winning, winning is everything, bro. Like winning is everything. So it's 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 always good. I'm happy for Ebron, man. I know a couple of those guys over there, Joe, and you know, all, all, you know, all those guys over there, man. Mika, oh, they balling, bro. I'm happy for him. I'm happy for him. Eric's been in the league long enough to know how rare it is to have a big zero in the loss column at this stage of the season. You say you say that like that's just like people just go undefeated. Yeah, we five and zero. Oh, talk about it. Yeah, don't talk like you know like oh you guys are undefeated. Like yeah, in the National Football League, insane, right? It's crazy. People expect that from us, and it's kind of it's not, like being here. You kind of expect that from yourself too. It's kind of weird. This is a winning franchise, man. You expected to win here. So, I mean, you go out there week in, week out, and you go out there to play in stadiums. Like, that's what we do. We we, we we grind all week for that Sunday, that Thursday, that Monday shit, Tuesday these days. <laughs> so, I mean, we bust our tail for, for that moment, man. So, yeah, man, it's about what you put in stadiums, man. Our objective as a Steeler is to win, and I feel, I feel that. You know, being here now, playing five games, you know, I feel that. So... You know, it's not under the radar. It's just what we do here. Going into Sunday's game versus the Browns, there was a huge buildup. That's what, I mean, that's what everybody, you know, wanted. Um, I mean, that's what everybody thought. That's what media, I mean, that's what the media is there for. That's what they get paid to do. They're, they're paid to to overhype games and whatever, man. And it's funny because all week I just kept saying, like, I don't understand how people get so hyped up for these for these games. You know what I'm saying? It's just another game. If it's just another opponent. At the end of the day, our job is to win. Our objective is to win. So um, we have to go out there and win. And, you know, it doesn't matter who they put in front of us. You know what I'm saying? We could play uh, a, a, a totally different, you know, say we play the XFL, we play the CFL. If we have an opponent, our job is to win. So to me, I always visualize everyone as another opponent, and my job is to dominate that opponent or to beat that opponent. So, yeah, I don't never get too overhyped, man. I just love, I just love the game of football. So, if you're on my way and you're not wearing the same colors I am, then hey. When it comes to Steeler teammates, you might be surprised who our resident tight end Eric gravitates to. I play defense. I play defense. Yeah, if you ask any of my play, I play defense. They always want me. I'm always hanging out with the defense. I'm always hanging out with the defense. Our defense, man, they they have like my type personality. They're all over there, hoorah, you know, big voices, big energy, big, you know, just big personalities over there, man. And I, I love them. Like I love going up against our defense. And they and they love the challenge that I I present to them um on the offensive end. And man, it's just fun, man. I love our defense brings so much energy, so much juice. They have so much swag, man. It's just everything. It's me. Like I, I gotta go hang with them. They live over there, so I just I try to stay with my with, with my guys. They're my guys. Though nowhere close to normal capacity, Heinz Field is now allowing fans to attend games. Yeah, we be having some fans. They be crump. I like it. Five thousand, we sounded like twenty thousand. I appreciate it. <laughs> 
I try to like my family now gets to sit closer, so I'll be chatting it with them sometimes. I be like, yo, you see that? <laughs> I'm I'm a personality, man. I'll be talking to everybody throughout the game. And then when I'm on the field, it's when I'm on the field. Still ticked off at an offensive pass interference call he feels he didn't deserve. Eric has his own theory on how to balance the scales of NFL justice. Shoot, I made the best of my opportunity. They gave me this weak old OPI call. Like I respect it, but if you look at the, if you look where I'm going, first of all, he's trying to grab me. And as a as an offender, when I feel that my objective is to move my hand. Now, as I'm moving my hand to try to block his arm, I touch his shoulder. But I didn't ne- negate him or stop him or anything from getting to the ball. He just couldn't get to it regardless. And and me and Ben made a great play. Twenty yard, we needed that. And they call OPI. But that, man, it'd be crazy because I'm not going to lie, man. Our our referees got to do better this year. Got to. I mean, I'll be feeling like they are, they, they still on COVID protocol. Like, like they ain't, you know, been adapted to the game yet, man. It's just been, and that's for every game, man. I, and I understand, you know, no one's perfect, but. Uh, they need to start finding the refs <laughs> for missing. I, I mean, they, like, be real. Like, if we hit somebody the wrong way, if we do something wrong, we get fined. Like, let's let's have a double standard so that way they know they make that we know they making the right call. You know what I'm saying? They need to hold. I have some accountability too. I just think that's fair. And I'm not saying like, oh, you threw an OPI call was an OPI get them fined. Nah, it'd be some horrendous calls that some referees should, you know. They should, they should get penalized for it. I mean, I, it's double standard. Shit, Goodell need to get penalized too for some of this stuff. Nah, let me stop. <laughs> Everybody get penalized. Shoot, they be taking our money. Everybody get their money too. Emmanuel, who was drafted by Pittsburgh in 2010, couldn't resist the chance to check out his old team in action. Still is a 5-0. and You know, that's, that's one of my former uh, teams and uh, I'm happy for him. I'm happy for Mike Tomlin. Um, I remember I was watching a Ben Roethlisberger interview uh, prior to the season. He said, this could be probably the best defense I've ever played against. And I remember saying, huh? Because I remember Troy Palomalo. I remember Casey Hampton, James Harrison, James Ferrier, Larry Foote, Ike Taylor, Ryan Clark. Like, I remember, like, when I first got there in 2010, when we went to the Super Bowl and lost it. I remember that defense. And I remember the defenses – Prior to that, who who beat the Cardinals, you know, uh, in the Super Bowl, and, and I was like, I was like, man, I don't, I don't know, but now I'm starting to see like, like they got a team over there, they got a really good team, and even last year they had a good team, but they they were without Ben, and now that Ben's back, it's just even more dangerous, and so you you kind of foresaw that based off the t- the the team that they had last year without even having Ben there, and another game Emmanuel watched. Green Bay jumped out to a 10-0 lead in Tampa Bay before the Buccaneers roared back, scoring 38 straight on their way to a 38-10 win. A result NFC South rival Emmanuel was not pleased with at all. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers looked like uh, how how uh, last year when I was the Niners, how we got after him. The Bucks, the Bucks got after him pretty good. They got after him pretty good, and I didn't really like the outcome of that game, obviously because I'm in the NFC South and. Oh, uh, you know, but you know the Bucks definitely. I know, right? One, one thing for sure, they showing up to work tomorrow with their chest poking out, and they feel like they got Tom Brady and they heating up at the right time. We about to go on a run, and 
You know, I don't want that to happen. But, you know, at the end of the day, like, they can poke their chest out, but they still got to play us again. So I'm looking forward to that. Jamal, on the other hand, is happy with the Tampa Bay win because he's rooting for Buccaneer defensive coordinator Todd Bowles, his former head coach with the Jets. Every, anybody, anybody, any day can, can get their ass kicked. <laughs> I'm going to tell you that right now, man. Any day of the week. If you don't show up at practice, it starts in practice. And, you know, if you, you don't show up, it's going to show. You can't just roll your helmet out there. It's the league, bro. You better bring whatever you got. Trust me on that. It's not even shocking, man. They got good players, man. They well coached. My, my guy Ty Bowles over there. Miss my guy. Uh, man, Devin White. I mean, bro, come on, man. Tom Brady. Man, listen. They a good football team, man. I don't even know why people, if they lose a game or two, like people say they're not a good, you know, football team. Come on, man. That's, we, we just talking now. We wasting our breath. Jamal took to Twitter to offer the same love and support to veteran defensive tackle Steve McLendon, an ex-Jet teammate of his who was just traded to Tampa, where he'll be reunited with Coach Bowles. So happy for him. Shout out to Big Steve getting traded to the Bucks. Shout out to Big Steve, man. He deserves that, man. I'm so happy for my dog, man. Golly, so happy for him to link back up with Ty Bowles, Casey. Oh, my, man, that's going to be cool, man. So, man, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm I'm a football junkie, man. You know me. I'm always ball, ball, ball. I'm always looking looking to, to get better. And Tennessee's big overtime win over Houston, King Henry became the first NFL player in history to have 200-yard rushing games in three consecutive seasons. Emmanuel hasn't seen anyone like him. Derrick Henry is a beast. Like, I mean, the fact that this dude, nobody wants to tackle him, first of all, right? He can average almost four or five yards a pop every time he touches the ball because nobody's trying to tackle him, right? Then this dude takes the ball and goes, I think, 98 yards with breakaway speed. I'm like... This might be the, the best running back I've ever seen. Right before our eyes, we were seeing somebody who's making a Hall of Fame case. Right before our eyes. And if you don't see it, then like I don't I maybe I'm wrong, but I just got a feeling, right? This dude is making a Hall of Fame case right now, right before our eyes. And nobody would have ever said, there he's gonna be a Hall of Famer, but he's making a Hall of Fame case right now before our eyes and how he's going about handling his business. Like, I've never seen a back like this. Like, never. Like, everybody's unseen the big backs. You ain't never seen a back that's just breakaway speed with with his size and his, you know what I mean? Like, then he's catching the ball out of the backfield in overtime for 50, 60 yards, right? So, you know, in my eyes, like, if he stays healthy at the pace that he's going with the team that he got, like, I don't see why he won't make a Hall of Fame case, you know, if, if he keeps going at the pace that he's going. Jamal, what's it like to tackle someone that size who can run that fast? Yeah, you got you you better you better bring your shit. <laughs> I'm gonna say that <laughs> you better you, you better you better bring well, however much you weigh, 200, 185, 305, 210. You better bring it. One sixty five. Yeah, 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 yeah. Man, we've been going at it since college, bro. I knew he was going to be good. Like, this ain't shocking. It, ain't, it don't shock. Like, this is what people – like, it don't shock people when guys start to make plays and they blow up and, like, no, they just – they've been like that. Y'all just now seeing it. Like, you know, everybody's time is different, bro. The special one's going to shine. Salute to my dog, King Henry. He doing his damn thing. 
Emmanuel also witnessed the Monday night game between Arizona and Dallas. He was stunned by what Cowboy head coach Mike McCarthy had to say after that 38-10 loss. I heard the Cowboys coach came by and said, this is the best game plan that we thought that we put together and they still got beat 38 to 10. I was like, dude, why would you say that after the game? Like, well, <laughs> like dude, why would you say that? Why would you say this is the best game plan that I, I thought this was the best game, game plan that I put together? I'm like, dude, why would you say that? Like, I'm not saying that. Because then it makes it look like, are you fit to be a good coach? Like, right? And like, that's what everybody thinking like. Are you fit to be a good coach? By saying that, you said, I thought that I had I, I drew up the best game plan that I can get I could put up and still got to be 38 to 10. All right, Emmanuel, enough about everyone else's games. Next week, you and the Saints host the Panthers and QB Teddy Bridgewater. I know uh, just around the organization, everybody's talking about, you know, Teddy, he was a quarterback uh, here last year back up when Drew went down. He came in and played well and so. But at the end of the day, like I'm looking forward to getting after these guys, and I'm 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 looking forward to a game where we go out and we put together a perfect game and be a team who I know we can be, right? And shut down people and getting after the quarterback and making crazy plays. And you got myself and Mike Thomas back on the field, and uh, you know it's just explosive plays and, and teams. Are, I'm ready to shock the league, right? And so. I'm hoping it happens this game, but regardless of of it, um, you know, I'm just hoping to get a win, you know, truthfully. But um, at some point, we gotta start. We gotta we we gotta start becoming a team that we need to be, right? Not giving up so many big plays and just like I feel like uh like we're three and two, and I feel like three three of those games like on defense, we were just giving up free touchdowns, 80 yard touchdowns, right? And so we got to stop that. And then offensively, we putting up like 30 points a game. But even even that, like I feel like we can execute better. And, and hopefully we do that this game. Back to Jamal. At 5-0, you guys are the last undefeated team in the NFC. Any teams worry you? I like us over anybody. So, you know, I'm yeah, I mean, that's you asking the wrong one, bro. You asking the wrong one for that, for that question right there. I like us over anybody. Okay, here's the big question, Jamal. How are you feeling? Body feeling good, man. I'm starting to get I'm starting to get my step. Like I'm starting to get back to me. You know, so I know my body. Uh God's timing is the best timing. Um, so I'm not even gonna put a when I will return or whatever it is. You know, for, for me it's like I let I let coach address, you know, the injury and you know, and stuff like that. I don't I don't get into that because that I'm I'm focused like on something else, man. I let him make the the, the shots we we were on the same team we 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 have our opinions and we we come up with the the conclusion together you know i had my down times with it man you know i mean going to work today um had you know had, had a good day uh but just not my best day you know so it's it, it happens it's it's life so you got to you got to you got to manage that you got to you got to take your lumps take your L's and just learn from it, man. That's it. Next up for the Hawks is a trip to the desert to take on the Cardinals. After their big win over the Cowboys, how are you feeling about that matchup, Jamal? You know, just getting an extra step ahead ahead of our opponent, um, getting our feet, you know, going, uh, just trying to, you know, learn learn what Arizona's going to do to us and, and whatnot. So that's a good that's a good ball club over there, man. Golly, I know a couple of those guys, man. The head coach is a good friend of mine, good friend of mine. So. And then, you know, obviously Kyle is doing his thing, man. So, man, it's going to be exciting, bro. It's going to be exciting. Thoughts on taking on Kyler? 
Oh man, it's it's tough, man. It's tough. He's he's one of a kind, man. I've I've been we we you know we we're from the same area. You know our, our you know parents is good friends. Um, you know I'm good friends with him, and you know rival schools, etc. In high school, all that played against each other. You know, so man, he, he's one of he's one of one, bro. Nothing but respect for for Kyler and Cliff over there, my guy. Um, man, they, they doing it. They doing it big over there, man. I'm happy for them boys. Even though he doesn't face the Cardinals this week, Emmanuel admits Kyler Murray is a nightmare to go up against. Dude, when I play against Kyler Murray, that dude gives me anxiety when I'm on the sideline. Cause it, like he's so small and his little legs just be moving. He be running all over the place. And I'm like, dude, get him. I'm like, get him. Like my heart be beating every time he he touches the ball. Like Lily, I'm like, dude, somebody hit him. Like somebody hit him and then he'll run his little legs just be moving then his baseball slot. I'm like, dude, this dude frustrating to play against. Like he will literally break a defense. Like literally break you apart. Eric, the Steelers face the Tennessee Titans next in Music City. Any lingering resentments? After all, you guys were supposed to play week four, but had to reschedule due to the COVID outbreak among the Titans. Man, no. I got a lot of homies over there, man. A couple of us got the same agents, and me and Derrick Henry go back. So, man, we got a man. I got a I got a whole bunch of guys over there, especially their safeties, Kenny Vaccaro and Kevin Byer. Man, those are, those are my guys. But at the same time, I I gotta go to war against those guys, and I'm looking forward to the opportunity because they present a hell of an opportunity every time you play them. So, um, I'm excited, man. This week on The Huddle Up. Jamal, Eric, and Emmanuel reveal the importance of finding balance in their lives and how that everything starts with family. Emmanuel, how did you spend your bye week? Uh, it was good. Spent a lot of time with my son. Uh, just hung out with him. He's in uh, flag football and he had, he's in basketball now. So uh, it's, it's, it's getting that time. It's getting fun. Drew has a flag football league out here. Uh, so I'll put him in that and then uh, he's in his basketball league like 30 minutes away but it's it's smooth though it's smooth they letting him play my son is gonna be a big kid like the doctor says he's supposed to be like 6'3 six, 6'5 six, and you could tell like he's a 6 year old out there with the rest of the 6 year olds but he's big and I'm not like I'm not big like that but my wife's side of the family like her mom's side gets up to like 6'7 like and her brother's 6'3 so you know so uh, it's definitely an adjustment for me to see like my kid being the biggest kid out there when the majority of the time in the NFL, like I'm the smallest dude on the field. So he scored two points in his first game. So I was, I was impressed by that. It was crazy. He has a game tonight. And last night after he got out of the shower, I see him go grab his clothes, his basketball clothes, and he lays them all out with his little tights and his shoes. I'm like, man, I remember them days right there. I used to lay my stuff out before my games. <laughs> That's how you know you love it. <laughs> Did you have time to play ball with him? Oh, me and him play one-on-one every day. We play one. I don't take it easy on him sometimes. I'll be, I'll be going hard on him. <laughs> just, just, to, just to show him the old man that's not no punk and none of that. Like, no kids are going to care, right? If you, if you can handle me, you can handle other kids. So... We play basketball at least two or three times a day, like especially on an off day. So we go at it. He's got to be proud of his dad, right? Oh, 100%. 100%. He, oh, he'll, like, if you came around, he'll let you know real quick, like, who he is. <laughs> He's going to let you know. He's going to let you know. Hey, look, my, hey, my, hey, I'm Emmanuel Sanderson. I'm going to let you know. <laughs> he, 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 quick, he quick to do it. And it's crazy because sometimes I'll be like, bro, like, you don't don't say that. Like, I'm trying to ex- explain to him how, like, 
it, it doesn't come off in a positive manner that you think, right? But he's a kid, so he doesn't understand, right? So he's like, I don't like I don't understand. Like, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean? Eric, you're a dad too. Ah man. Being a father was probably the greatest thing ever. Um, watching my kids grow up, bro, is like it's like the most humbling, most enjoyable job ever. It's like every day is an adventure. Every day is something new. You get to watch this process of what it looks like when you were a kid. Because my kids look just like me and my my youngest one acts just like me. My oldest one acts more like his mom. He's so conservative and, and cool and, and sweet. And my youngest one's attitude and, and messiness and he acts just like me. So it's a feeling you get like First time they look at you, you feel like this, this wave of responsibility, this wave of emotion, this wave of love, and it all hits you at once. And it's like, wow, like I'm stuck with this mom for 18 years. No, just <laughs> nah. It's like, it's like, man, it's there's nothing you can compare it to, man. It's so life changing. How do you really feel about having two sons? Man, I, I love being a dad, bro. My my boys. I got two boys, bro. There's nothing better than that. Like, I ain't got to worry about no girls, no hair buns, no no nails, no fingernails, no toenails, no none of that. You know, I got two, two homies, two dudes that I can ride with. Like, when they get older, we're going to be best friends. Like, I'm their brother. <laughs> I don't want to be dad. I want to be our bro. <laughs> Do your kids understand you're a pro football player? They know I'm a football player and they think I'm a superhero. So my my oldest kid is big into to comics and Marvel and Spider-Man and both my kids because that's what I love and enjoy. So I figured, you know, no, sh no kid should ever go without knowing who Spider-Man, Iron Man, Thor, Hulk, you know what I'm saying? All of these people are Black Widow. Like, you have to know the, who the Avengers are. You have to know Batman. You have to know Superman. You have to know the Flash. Like, you have to know these DC comics. So my kids are big into that. So on Sundays, they go, Dad, you got to go play football. You got to go gotta go be a football player. I'll be like, yep. I'll be like, I'll be right back. They'll be like, okay. <laughs> so they, th they think I'm a football player. Then when I come back, they, you know, they think my job is done. They, so they think I'm a superhero, man. It's pretty cool. We had two big birthday celebrations recently. Eric's son Oliver just turned three, and Jamal just turned 25. Jamal, heard a surprise may have been involved. Is that true? Yeah, came in surprise, man. So, you know, I'm not really big into surprises, but I really do like them. Like, I low-key be, you know, like, I try to act tough like I don't like surprises. Like, I love surprises. I really do. So it was, it was a neat deal, man. The family came up. You know, I haven't seen them since, you know, July. So that was pretty big for me. You know, having my parents come up and, you know, my nieces and, and my and my sister, um, you know, because we wanted to be safe. Um, everybody, you know, um, you know, took took the, the the proper quarantine, should I say, you know, before they did enter my enter my home. And Chef Charles, he, he whipped it up, man. And, you know, just seeing them smiling, seeing them their faces again and being able to hug them and kiss them and. That's what it's about, man. It, you know, family's everything, bro. So it was a lot of uh, emotion that was going on through the whole day. Um, you know, joy, um, 
um, sadness. We, we 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 tried it out. We did it. We did it as a family. You know, my boys on the Zoom call, my my coaches that I that coached me growing up. It was pretty cool, man. Having the, I felt like the whole family was here in 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 spirit. You know, everybody was still here in 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 my home. So it was it was a neat deal, man. Treat yourself to something nice. I haven't yet, man. I'm thinking about it, bro. I wanna uh, I wanna get another. Uh, watch. I'm just trying to decide which one. Um, it's between an AP or a Patek. So I don't have a Patek. I, I really want to get one. So that I'm definitely going to do that. We understand your personal chef whipped up something special. Jamal, you got to tell us about Chef Charles. Chef Charles, man, this is a guy that's, that's been with me since my junior year in, uh, in college at LSU. Um, you know, we started off meal prepping. You know, that was when, you know, I kind of figured out that I was going to, you know, enter the draft um, early. And, you know, I wanted to start changing the way I ate um, and what I, what I was giving my body. Um, and ever since then, it's been, you know, a long journey going on six years. Uh, you know, I remember he moved to New York and he just so happened to, you know, be out there. And he hit me up and was like, yo. Hey, man, I'm, I'm, I'm in town. Like, you know, I'm like, you in town? He's like, no, no, no. I'm like in town. Like, literally, I moved up here. And I was, it was just a small world. You know what I mean? And God put us in, in, in each other's life, man, for a reason, bro. And that's what it's about. And, you know, I moved him out here to Seattle. And, you know, he's with me, he's with me for life, man. As long, as long as he's here, he's with me for life, man. Eric, tell us how you celebrated with Oliver virtually. Yeah, uh, I FaceTimed him like twice today. He was sleeping. My wife took him out, pretty much ate treats all day, cookies, fruit, friggin' snacks, all kind of stuff. It's his day, though. She tried to be mean to him towards the beginning of the day, but I couldn't I couldn't let it go by. That's my guy. So he got to enjoy his birthday. <laughs> get him anything? I didn't get him nothing. Life. I got him life. <laughs> No, nah, he got a big party coming up uh, on the 31st, so he should be he should have fun there. The biggest thing that you can do when you're playing ball is to involve your family in everything, even when you think they don't understand it. When I first got in the league, I had my son, Little Nate. He was a baby, and I made sure he came to every game, every event, and his eyes would be fixated on the field, and they would just go left to right, left to right. We're talking two, three, four-year-old kid, not saying anything, eating his snacks, watching the game, eyes going back and forth like he's watching a tennis match. Now, I can't say that for Nehemiah, who is my big old baby. He's now 14, 6'3", 200 pounds, bigger than me. He didn't want to watch the game. And my daughter, she was just happy to be there when she finally came on the scene. The reason I bring all that up is because now that they are older, they bring up memories to me that I forgot. So like the balance is making sure you involve your wife, your kids, and everything you're doing. You know, initially when you get in the league, you're like, all right, this is me. I got to do it. I got to show up and play ball. I got to show up at these events. I'm going to go earn this money and I'm going to go provide for my family and I'm going to do this all by myself. No, 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 no. The support system that's there that's going to help you. What's routine for us is fascinating for your family members. Years from now, you'll be sitting back chilling. One of your kids is going to look up and bring up something that you completely forgot about. And it's going to blow your mind. So, yeah, the balance is making sure that they're heavily involved.
Before we close this week's episode, it's time for Quick Outs. Jamal, do you celebrate Halloween? Absolutely. You got to celebrate Halloween, man. Come on. It's Halloween, bro. I love Halloween, bro. My favorite my favorite time of the year. No question. Favorite Halloween costume? Oh, man. I, I dressed up as uh, Martin on uh, Blue Street. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that was funny. Uh, yeah, I, I, I've done a couple things, but that's probably my favorite one. Emmanuel, will you be taking your kids out trick-or-treating? Yeah, I think we're going to take the kids trick-or-treating. I think... You know, my wife went and bought candy, and I think she's going to get them a Halloween costume, so. What are your kids going as? My son was telling me some character he wanted to be. It took him, like, 10 minutes to explain it. I was just like, dude, like, I don't know what you just said, but cool, bro. I was like, cool, cool. He was, like, laughing the whole time. He was telling me, he was like, dude, I'm going to be this and this. I'm like, what? Like, what? I'm like, son, I don't know what character you talk about. Show me a picture or something. I'm I'm a visual learner. Eric, your family's down in Texas. What are your Halloween plans? That's my kid's birthday party. So my my kid's having a birthday party at the house uh, early in the day before it gets too dark. And I guess they'll go out trick-or-treating afterwards. But me, I would if I was with my kids, but nah, I'm not. I might hand out some candy. I got some candy from when we used to live in Indianapolis, man. We used to live in like this nice little community. So we was handing out candy. So I still got some candy from last year. And I mean, candy ain't expiring in a year, y'all. So yeah, you can have this candy. <laughs> What's everyone dressing up as? Aiden, my youngest, is going to be a regular Spider-Man. My oldest, Oliver, is going to be Miles Morales. And my wife is going to be Spidey Gwen. I'm happy I'm not there because I probably would have been the pig, which probably would have been messed up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Do you usually go out on Halloween, Emmanuel? Two years ago, Vaughn had a Halloween party for the team. And that ended up being all over TMZ. I don't know if you remember that. <laughs> go, go look Von Miller's Halloween uh, party, Broncos. And yeah, it was all over TMZ. And for some reason, my name was all over because I was Tyrone Biggums. I, I had like white stuff all over my face and shit. <laughs> and so I was I was the face of TMZ that day. <laughs> In which I, don't, I, I wasn't even doing nothing at the party. Like literally, like... I just I was just that character because it was a funny character, but for some reason they had me on there with white stuff all over my face like this. <laughs> like, bro, I'm Ty- I'm Tyrone Biggums, bro. If you don't know who Tyrone Biggums is, you lost in this world. Okay, Jamal, favorite candy to hand out? Oh, Snickers. You already know. Yes, sir. Get you a Snickers. If you start acting up, get you a Snickers, man. You're not yourself. Snickers all day, man. Jamal, are you a fan of the fall? Yeah, I love it. I love it. It's the weather. The weather for me because, you know, I like to dress up and, 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 and you know, be stylish. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm all for the, for the clothes, man, with the weather. What's fall like in Seattle? It ain't nothing like New York, bro. Like, let's be real, bro. I mean, I, man, I, 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 New York is going to be my offseason, like one of my offseason homes, bro. Like, what? When that time comes, oh my God, that's gonna be like one of my offseason homes, bro. World Series pick, Eric. Who you got? I'm, I'm gonna say I want the Dodgers to win, even though Tampa Bay. I love the underdog story. I just think Clayton Kershaw needs some dude got every award in the book, but a World Series. You know what I'm saying? So 
Yeah, I think I'm gonna I'm go for the Dodgers. I probably watch a little bit of it. I kind of got more into baseball watching Bregman. That World Series was hot. Coming back 3-0, that thing was hot. So that kind of got my, my baseball juices going. We'll see how it go. Eric, anything you'd like to say to your listeners before we sign off? I appreciate you guys following our journey, man, week in and week out. Um, ever since we started this podcast, I've been undefeated. So maybe it's y'all that's listening or maybe it's just me, you know voicing my opinions through this therapeutic podcast session. <laughs> well, other than that, man, nah, man, I appreciate everybody. Thank you for, for this, for sure. That's it for 17 Weeks. This show is brought to you by Uninterrupted, SiriusXM, and Pandora. You can listen to it on demand on SiriusXM and for free on the Pandora app. The show is also available on Apple Podcasts and other podcast platforms. Wherever you listen to it, be sure to subscribe so you can get notified when the new episodes drop every Thursday. And if you like what you heard, which I know you do, because there's nothing better, make sure you spread the love and share the show. Come on, let everybody else know, baby. I'm your host, Nate B. Shout out to my co-hosts, Jamal Adams, Emmanuel Sanders, and Eric Ebron. This show is executive produced by John Fontanelli. Our producer is Josh Rodriguez. Our associate producer is Logan Castrodale. Editing and sound designed by Chris Weatherspoon. And the show is also produced by Chris Tyler and Andrew Emmer. Brandon Gitches, Senior Director, Podcast Production at SiriusXM. Andy King, Director, Sports Programming at SiriusXM. It's written by John McLaughlin. Be sure to follow us on social media at 17 Weeks Pod. We're looking forward to hearing from you. All right, till next week, we out. Hold up. 